0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us here on a sunny day in a rather deserted city of Westminster, as once again, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. I'm Scott Chaloner, and I'm joined on the air today by Robin Caller. Robin is the CEO and founder of Overmore Group, a marketing and advertising business which encompasses the Scale, Lola Grove and Groove brands. Um, welcome to the program, and it's great to have you on the air with us today, Robin. Thank you. Good morning. It's an absolute pleasure having you. Now, the purpose of this podcast, as I say there, is to get together a variety of different perspectives on leadership. So what I'd like to understand first and foremost is what that word leader means to you, because leadership really has many different faces, doesn't it?
1: I suppose so, and I think it depends on context as well. I think uh, leading a business is very different. Leading uh, a political party, or a, or a sports team, or uh, a school classroom, I think the situation is critical, and the tactics and the, and the skills we use would, whilst many will be complementary, they will have to be some that are specific to the situation. So, from a work point of view, as much as anything, it's about uh, I think it's about creating uh, jobs, a sense of common purpose. Uh, but shared direction and, and vision of how we can produce a successful and profitable
0: team Yes absolutely and you talk about um, leadership within business compared to say leadership within sports or within politics do you think that maybe leadership within business is as recognised as it should be in the UK because I think when we think of leadership we are instantly tempted to think of people who are in the public eye like those politicians and like those sports personalities that you mentioned there
1: Yes, I don't know. I think there's, there's probably a lot of people doing immensely good work in small groups of like 4, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100. I, I don't rightly know. One, uh, one of the people I admire says to me that he thinks running a small business of, of 50 people like I do um, is, is in some ways tougher than running a large one of twenty to 50,000. uh um, I have no idea. I've never tried the latter, so I couldn't answer that. one. Uh, but I definitely think that uh, when, when people are in small businesses, you know, they they have a they have to rely on themselves an awful lot. There's often nobody they can walk down a corridor and have a moan or a whinge to. So um, on, on a positive, though, I think these these characters who who are unsung and unheard of show uh, a lot of tenacity and a lot of grit and determination.
0: I think that's absolutely right, because not every single leader out there is going to be somebody who is sticking their head above the parapet, as it were. I think a lot of them, especially within small businesses, as you say, do prefer to just sort of crack on behind the scenes and really get on with their work and be that unsung hero figure, as you say there.
1: Yeah, well, if you stick your head above the parapet, somebody's probably going to shoot at it, aren't they? uh, There's a lot to be said for keeping your head down and, and cracking on.
0: I think that's very yeah, true, yeah, absolutely. And we, when we talk about, again, leaders within the uh, the public eye, um, the pitfall to that is that they are very much more prone to criticism um, as one thing, aren't they? And that's also something that is required of a good leader, a little bit of a thick skin at times in that regard.
1: Oh, um, sure. I, I listen, I've, 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 I've of sympathy, I think, for some of the leaders that are in the, in the public eye, specifically the, the government leaders, the political leaders. It, it's certainly from my experience it's a hell of a lot easier to criticize people, it's a hell of a lot easier to knock a house down than to build one. And most of the time when we when we're prone to criticize what we see or hear, we don't know the whole situation. Frank frankly, frankly in terms of the current the current uh, difficult times and you look at what the governments have to do. You know, I, I have fifty people to try and help navigate through a difficult Trading environment, and that's just 50 people, and I find it, I find it tough. It's hard work, uh, looking after them, and trying to figure out the right thing for everybody, and uh, make sure that we're doing the right work for the clients, in the right order, the right priorities, etc., with the resources we have, and that's just a small canvas. So, yes, it's very easy to uh, say, as she said, somebody has lifted their head above the parapet.
0: And when we talk about a business um, with around about 50 people, um, such as the one that you're running, Robin, um, does it require much more of an intimate leadership style than a much more close relationship with everybody at the business, would you say?
1: I don't know. I think that's certainly my style. I can't speak for everybody, but for me, yes, I know everybody. And One of the challenges of uh, of social distancing is not being able to say hello to everybody uh, every day very easily. You know, what you can do in an office is acknowledge and smile and recognize the presence of uh, 50 people in about in about a minute. And you just can't do that online. Uh, so my style is very personal. I know everybody, I like to have a chat with everybody, uh, a joke, uh, a little bit of banter, and I take an interest in their lives. So, uh, you know, again, I recognize you can't do that in a, in a much bigger organisation, but I think that's one of the attract- attractive things in
0: a smaller one. And during this time... Very much. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah, and during this time especially, I was going to um, ask Robin, um, have you um, been able to sort of maintain that close rem- relationship remotely, or has it been a little bit more difficult?
1: No, it's definitely more difficult, and it. it takes a, a lot of effort. I've, I've found that the workload actually has, has been greater in the last seven or in week eight now, I think, so the last seven, eight weeks. The workload's greater than it normally is, insofar as we still have all of the old work to do, but yes, it takes a little bit longer to maintain uh, the relationships, uh, and, and to, to try and stay in touch with everybody in the business. Just, you know, I have a video first policy. I, I, I ask myself and everybody else in the company, we're fortunate enough to, to be using an effective platform like Microsoft Teams, Mm. That uh, for step one to pick up the or click on the video uh, icon rather than the telephone icon uh, and actually make some sort of eye contact and facial contact and smile uh, with the other with, with the other colleagues. So you know that takes a lot of a lot of time. And certainly, I think it'll be easier to just fire off a, an email or a message or a, a WhatsApp uh, than it is to to start a video chat. After all, I think people are still learning how to use video. So, mm. you know, can can you can you video chat with somebody for forty seconds? Is that is that polite, or do you have to uh, have to run the whole how are you conversation for a few minutes before you ask the one question you wanted to ask? So, but certainly, uh, the, the technology is taking a bit of time and effort to to harness. I think for us, uh, uh, And for myself personally, I'm, I'm using it as best I can. to
0: and I think it will certainly hold um, those in good stead who are looking to uh, to do that because I think we hear a lot of stories um, at this point in time about um, business employees, whether they've had to go on site or whether they've had to work remotely. They're just getting their heads down and they're mucking in. And pretty much every single case of that we're seeing is um, where their business leaders, their managing directors, their CEOs, they're maintaining contact with them and essentially showing that they care about them. And when you do show that sort of empathy as a leader, it's much easier to take people with you, isn't it?
1: I think so, but again, I think you have to be real and authentic. I, I certainly don't believe I'm going through any kind of motion, and, and neither with neither with the colleagues uh, that I'm spending time with. I think we we do have to the to the point made earlier. You know, it's, it's a smaller, uh, closer knit uh, entity or organisation in the first instance. Uh, there's a, an awful lot of very strong friendships and relationships in the business. So it's not forced in any way, mm. uh, and I think uh, you know. Con- the converse is that when people are working away, uh, working away from each other, uh, they there's a lot of there's a lot of learning to be done. Everybody's got to figure out how to be uh, effective in their jobs together without without the proximity, without the physical proximity. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting time, it's been a challenge. I think for everybody I think we're all learning from this picking up an amazing set
0: of news as well I think that's important uh, to take on board as a leader as well isn't it because um, especially during a time like this um, a lot of people will be looking up to those at the top for all of the answers and it's a time when leaders are becoming very self-aware they're aware that they don't have all of the answers at this time Um, there is a lot of uncertainty they do have limitations and it's about being aware of that as well and recognising that as humans we are all fallible
1: Definitely that, definitely that and I think everybody's had at least one day in the last seven weeks where they really just got up in the morning and, and couldn't be bothered. You know, and unlike I think in the normal circumstances where perhaps they just stayed, stayed at home and called in and had a duvet day or took a day off or whatever they might have done now, they're almost uh, less inclined to do that and they're at work at home. Um, and just going through the motions and, and being a bit rubbish at it. I think perhaps it's, perhaps it's the time. I don't know if, if 100 years ago leaders were allowed to show that sort the human side, but mm-hmm. we all have it. So I, I've taken a particular point in letting everybody know that I've had my bad my bad days and my bad moments where you know, I'm a social animal. I'd like to get out the house more. I can't. Um, and sometimes it's frustrating and I you know, wonder whether the the graft and the work effort's worth it. I think that's again talking about personal approaches. That's been important for me to, to tell tell people the truth
0: and to be honest about everything. Mm. And we talked about um, your personal leadership style and your personal approach um, there quite a bit, Robin. And um, what would you say have been some of the uh, key influences um, behind that style that you've implemented?
1: Oh, that's oh, that's a, a great question. I think in terms of. Uh, the input I've had over the years of of the managers that I've had and and, uh, that I watch, I don't have, I think, I don't think I have too much time for people who who use a position uh, to posture. That's that's my challenge, I guess. I've never been one who who was too comfortable in the larger corporation. So, the managers and the influences I've had are, are really some people who have a character i think have a bit of unique character a bit of a bit of a, a different feel about them the memorable streaks of their nature and, and they let it show so uh, I, i've always been more i think impacted by people who are gen- genuine and authentic to your point you know, also showing their weaknesses as well as their strengths somehow easier to relate to
0: and if you robin were to give some advice to the younger generations of aspiring leaders would you give them that advice to be authentic in that way or would you say something different
1: i definitely think that you, i definitely think that in honesty uh, is is a tremendous policy I, I think one of the one of the pieces of advice i i would give and i, and I remind myself of all the time uh, is that so much easier to be respected in the end than to respect yourself if you just do what you say you're going to do. I think in the end, people respect you for that, even if they don't agree with what you do or don't like your decisions. Uh, then perhaps not in the first instance or in the, in the immediate term, but over the longer term, people will know they can count on you. They'll know that you will do what you say you'll do. And they'll know where they stand with you and I think that that's probably the best advice I would give is to make sure people know where they stand with you, uh, and that means perhaps being a little bit uh, more brutally honest than you want to be at times. Uh, but I think that's key, and I think it pays off in the longer term. I've certainly, I think, enjoyed and benefited, and my my company benefits from some extremely long relationships, and I think they're all founded on on genuine honesty and uh, and uh, even uh, apologies, you know, when we get things wrong, mm. um, but uh, overall, just doing the things we say we would do, and saying the things that we intend to do, so that everybody knows where they stand and then following through. I think that'll that'll produce a, a tremendous foundation and, and a great uh, great establishment for an enjoyable business, if not necessarily the largest the largest one in the world.
0: I certainly think that's very sound advice uh Robin and if we do think about the uh, the long term and the uh, the future before we do wrap things up um, on today's program um do give me an idea of um, what you imagine the next 12 months will hold for yourself and for the Overmore group and also what you hope to achieve in that time not just in navigating the current covid-19 situation but also in emerging from the other side of the pandemic as well
1: Yeah I think it will be a fascinating 12 months uh, to be honest uh, my my hopes are that we we really embrace uh, the opportunities and challenges ahead of ourselves. I mean, In terms of opportunities, we're we're now a little bit more free to uh, to embrace some new working styles, uh, for more people to work from home more frequently if that's what they wish to do. We could take on board more of the digital transformation technologies. We could, uh, and, and may well actually move out of a large office and into a smaller hub and, uh, rotate the staff through that hub. There's no need for everybody to be in every day. So I've got quite an exciting plan, I think, and a vision of how the company might change and become a little bit more, I think virtual is the wrong word, um, but less office-based and office-bound and more digitally founded, where the the establishment costs are no longer necessarily the traditional old rent and rate, um, but perhaps are, are more cloud-based, etc. We're fortunate to be able to do that being a digital business. Don't get me wrong, I recognise that that's not for everybody. And then wider field, I think uh, there's a there's a huge challenge ahead now. And as, as a small business leader, I think all of the small businesses, we've, we've got a job to do, which is to go out and compete and try and win business and, and be profitable and be efficient and help in the in the collective, help the economy, uh, to, to kick on and, and pay, pay the costs for everything that we've had to, uh, that we have to provide as a society. So, you know, we work in an international landscape and I would hope that our, that our team genuinely do compete on a worldwide basis, uh, for business and champion, uh, champion what this country and, and this, uh, you know, this group of people have to, have to offer, which is definitely world class.
0: Seems as if there's a great deal of um, ambition even among all the uncertainty uh, there, Robin. And what I think may be fantastic for the uh, listeners uh, tuning in today, especially, is if maybe once we start to see things changing over the next few months and we're emerging from this situation, we could perhaps catch up and have you back on the programme and just um, reassess um, how the, uh, the business is doing and how the market environment is altered. Um, but for now, I have to say it's been a thoroughly insightful and really enjoyable experience having you on the air with us. And thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on and speak with me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, Robin. Thank you once again. That was morning. that was Robin Caller, the CEO and founder of Overmore Group. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England's nineteen sixty-six Football World Cup hero, Sir Jeff Hurst. As well as scoring over two hundred league goals for the likes of West Ham United and Stoke City during his football career. Sir Jeff remains the only man to this day to have scored a hat-trick in the final of a World Cup, following his treble in England's 4-2 win over West Germany at the old Wembley Stadium 54 long years ago. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Jeff, and that's coming up next.
3: Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google uh, me. Realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex, uh, for, my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in, uh, in Liverpool, many many years ago, nineteen sixty-two, I think that was.
2: So I didn't. Um,
3: just... Yes, I, I didn't really feel anything at the time. It was but luckily playing, I guess, had <laughs> one or two injuries. Um, But the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think, uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's there's another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership
3: Which uh, was absolutely, but I can use that now because it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we another time then, but we. Um, uh, well, you want me? I, I think, can tell if you if want, you want. You got time. I can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I, we, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I
3: was uh, doing it at a dinner in, in the Channel Lines, three or 400 people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of mm-hmm. honor. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions.
2: What a question. What a question.
3: Well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about it's,
2: that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like I, that. Just, but you know, then again,
3: I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well, so it did, uh, um, it did but make then it then laugh again,
2: If you can put, put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but th- there would have become a point, though, um